On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we talk peace of mind, freedom, and success in sports and life with the founder of Athlete Maestro, Tola Onlagunluwe. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. How is your week going? It is Wednesday. It is a brand new Compete Everyday episode, and as you can tell, I am fired up. Why am I so fired up? Because we have another day to get after it, to compete, to make progress toward our goals. There are millions of people all over this country that are sitting around complaining about the current situation. They could have situations that are far better than competitors. They could be sitting pretty and still complain. They could be facing bigger adversities. They're still going to complain, but you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to show up and compete. They're not going to make progress because in their mind, because they can't do everything, because they can't go everywhere they want to go, do exactly what they want to do, they're not going to do anything. They bought into this lie that says you have to be able to do everything perfectly before you can do anything. And then they wonder why their life never changes, why their goals are never achieved, why nothing ever goes their way. They don't seem to become a winner. It's because they don't know how to compete. We show up, we compete every single day. We know we're not going to get there in one day. We know we're probably not going to get there in one week. But if we keep showing up every single day, if we keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing our best in every experience, and on the days we fall down, the days we lose, we bring the lessons of those experiences with us, then victory is inevitable. Reaching our goals is inevitable because we will not be stopped. That's what it means to compete every day. Leave the complaining and the bitching and the whining to everyone else that will only dream of doing great things, that will only dream of reaching success. You are a competitor. You got to live like it. You got to show up for yourself every single day. You got to show up with that positive attitude even when you don't want to feel like it. You got to show up and give your best effort even when you're not in the position you want to be in. You got to show up and do something every single day that moves the ball forward one yard, one step. Make that progress because that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to go. I'm fired up this morning because last week I had the chance to go sit down with student athletes in South Texas. I had a chance to sit and talk to teachers in South Texas. And I heard people complaining that they don't know what's going to happen. And so I just don't know if I can do it all. And I'm going to tell you what I told them. You don't have to do it all, but you damn well have to do something. Do not waste this day, this week, this month, the rest of this year. Leave that to everyone on Twitter bitching about their current situations. Leave that to everyone on Instagram and Facebook complaining about the things they're never going to do. You show up and compete. I hope you're as fired up as I am today. I hope you are getting up, getting after it. Who cares that you're not going to get all the way today because you are going to make progress. You're going to be in a better starting position tomorrow than you were today. And guess what? I'm cheering for every single one of you. I'm in your ear cheering for you. We may not have met, but I'm cheering for you because trust me, if you'll show up and compete every day, there are things out there that you will achieve that other people will just dream of doing. And you do that by showing up every day for your best self, by making moves even when you're not motivated, by just making sure you take one step forward every single day. Quit worrying about how far you have left to go and just focus on how you're going to win today. Man. 
I'm ready to go, and I hope you are too. As always, to get in touch with me or the show, email podcast at competeeveryday.com. I love getting your emails. I love getting to connect with you listeners. And if you want to support the show, the easiest way, because I went on a rant this morning, is share this with someone that needs some fire in their pants. Share this with someone that needs a match lit under their butt, that need to get up, get going, quit complaining, quit wasting all their time on social media, and start competing. My guest today is the athlete maestro, Tola Olagunlewe. We have a conversation about his background in sports law, what drove him into helping athletes, and most importantly, what are some of the takeaways that he's seen with his athletes that we need to be implementing on a daily basis so that you can continue to level up and compete every day for what matters to you, who you love, and who you want to become. Now, Less rock and roll competitor, listen to this episode and then go win your day because we're cheering for you. Friends, family, listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to my man, Tola Olagunlewe. All right, Tola, what's happening? Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jake. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. No, the, the founder of Athlete Maestro, you've got a fantastic story and just a passion for athletes, for former athletes, helping them take just life to that next level. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, one of our international guests, as you are definitely not in the States, as we were laughing about on <laughs> off air before we got rolling. Before we dive into a little bit more of your story, tell us a little bit about yourself today if we were to take a snapshot of you. Um, so basically, um, I kind of wear different hats. Um, so I'm a sports lawyer. I think that's a part that a lot of people, you know, don't really know. When they listen to the podcast, you know, when they see me, my sporting gear and things like that, they don't really think about the sports part. So I think first and foremost, I'm a sports lawyer, you know, which is really, really important for the athletes as well. Then I'm also a sports performance coach, you know, so getting uh, those physicals and those mentals the way that they should be so that these athletes can perform uh, the way that they should perform. And one of the things I started doing recently was I started going hard at the parents, uh, you know, in terms of them preparing these young stars uh, the best. Because one of the things I've seen is that a lot of them, by the time they get to certain ages, a lot of damage has been done beforehand mostly by the parents, mostly by the parents, you know, so, you know, dabbled into that a little bit, you know, start working with the parents and start helping them see that, look, you have to nurture this talent early so that these guys move on. So in a nutshell, that's what I currently do today. Man, uh, I would say similar paths for the two of us, except I definitely do not have that law degree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, I'm with you. The, the Racing Competitors podcast and show we have is, is for that same reason. How can we help mm-hmm. the parents, help the athletes? Because, you know, at a young age, you're so, you know, influenced by everything. And, and if you become so focused on just the outcome and you're driven just by the outcome or you connect the outcome to affection or love, creates all sorts of troubles later on that, that prevent you from being a healthy athlete internally and externally. Uh, but I got to ask, what inspired you to go down the route of sports law? What, what took you down that path to, to stay connected to the game, but from a legal standpoint? Yeah, so um, I wanted to play sports professionally, you know, and I, I chased it as hard as I could, you know, but one of the agreements that I had with my parents was go to school. Uh, so once you're done with school, then you can do something else, you know, so over on this side of the pond, you know, we don't have, it's becoming new now, but we don't have that latitude where parents readily allow their children combine sports and academics together. Yeah. 
probably maybe because the system doesn't allow it for whatever reason. You know, so I had that agreement with my parents and, you know, one of the options that was put on the table for me was, hey, would you read law? I wanted to play sports. Anything they were going to put in front of me, I didn't mind doing as long as it didn't stand in my way. You know, so, you know, I took the law route, but unfortunately I got injured. I tore my ACL in my knee, you know, so the only way that I was still going to stay connected to the sports was through my experience, through the lessons that I learned along the way, you know, so being a lawyer, you know, it made no sense. Uh, it made complete sense, actually, you know, to go down that route because it would not have made sense, you know, for me to do something else, given that my passion, you know, was basically sports related. I love it. So, so what kind of, so how do you, uh, if you could share with our audience who may not be as familiar with that profession, what is kind of a day-to-day -day look like? What, what is some of the work you do in the legal standpoint? Um, so uh, basically uh, there's law that is not related to sports, you know, so you still get like commercial transactions and things like that. So you're vetting documents, uh, people are entering into contracts and things like that. For example, your book that is out, you know, I'm sure there would have been some legal stuff, you know, yep. if you were signing with a publisher and things like that, you know, uh, so that's the non-sports angle. But for the sports angle, it's basically vetting the contracts that a lot of these athletes are being given to by agents. You know, so one of the things that you would have heard, prevalence in Africa specifically, you know, is agents taking advantage of these young guys. You know, and there was a guy that wrote a book, you know, I forget the name of the book off the top of my head right now, uh, but it's called The Lost Boys. You know, and it's about this slave trade thing as, you know, that football is, you know, so we see a lot of that here. You know, so basically it's bringing the awareness to these athletes that, hey, you can't just put pen to paper and sign anything because someone you feel is in a superior position to you is giving you that contract to sign. You know, what are the details? What do you know? And, you know, you see a lot of these athletes signing all sorts of contracts. So basically that's what I do in terms of making them aware, doing proper vetting, making them know that, hey, you have rights. Just because you're not yet a professional player, or just because you feel like you're at the bottom of the pool, it doesn't mean that those rights should be trampled on. I love that. Well, and, and especially, I mean, you see it in the States, you see it with AAU ball, you see it with all mm -hmm. sorts of things, uh, money under the table, promises that are never followed through and, and young athletes who get the big stars in their eyes and, and have Ooh, the big yeah. dreams are taken advantage of. And so it's interesting kind of hearing your perspective on it. I know a lot of the work that you do is around the sports performance side, the mental performance side, as well as the athletic, the physical side. What are something, because I'm not as familiar with where you live, but what is mm -hmm. one of the biggest challenges that you see from a mental side for the athletes you deal with and, and things that you're proactively addressing? Uh, you know, for us, I think it's um, one of the major things is the things that we can see, you know, so we're, we're quickly drawn. Even the parents that I talk to as well, you know, everybody's looking for that talent thing. So the skills. If it's football, how well can they dribble? If it's basketball, you know, can he dunk? Can he do all these things? So one of the things that I try to make them aware of is that, hey, it goes beyond these physicals. And I think that's the biggest challenge that a lot of these athletes have because, you know, they've been the best kid in their neighborhood. They've been the best kid uh, wherever they've been. Their praises have been sung for so long. You know, everybody's waiting for them, you know, to be professionals. And when they get to a step above the level where they currently are, that's when they realize that, oh, wow you know, everybody seems to be able to dunk. Everybody seems to have these skills that I have. What is now going to set me apart? And from that particular moment, that's when they get stuck because it, it kind of like hits them like a brick in their face in the sense that, you know, this isn't something I was expecting. This isn't something that I thought, you know, I would have to deal with. And I think that's the biggest challenge, going beyond the talent and realizing that, look, there is a lot more that goes into playing sports professionally and excelling at the highest level. 
So I want to ask you, because I know you shared that you pursued sports uh, to its full extent before shifting and obviously shifting focus in career. One, at, at what point do you remember that, that kind of wake up call of, oh, I'm not the best anymore that I'm used to playing around. Uh, and how did you mentally kind of work through that of, of, hey, I've got to work harder. I've got to be more efficient in certain areas to outwork maybe certain talent deficiencies that these other guys have me beat at. Uh, you know, for me, it, 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 the path was actually even different, you know, in the sense that, you know, I, I always had all that mental stuff, you know, grit, commitment, discipline. You know, I was a guy that, you know, if nobody was in the gym with me, you know, I was doing all my reps. I was going as hard as I could. You know, but one of the things that I learned from that path was how seriously I should take it. You know, so I had all those mental stuff, but I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should. You know, so it wasn't like I was struggling in the mental aspect. No, but I just felt, oh, yeah, mental stuff. Yeah, let's put that aside. You know, it's, it's all with the physical. So the first time that I went abroad, so when I got my degree, you know, and I went abroad for my trials, unfortunately, I was already injured at the time. I just didn't know, you know, which is a story for another day. You know, but when I went for that trial, I think that's when it dawned on me that, wow, all these guys are big. All these guys are strong. All these guys are skillful. You know, so I, I'm not going to have the time to then begin to think through those things uh, in terms of, oh, the mental aspect. Okay, is this where I bring out my commitment? Is this where I bring out my grit? Is this where, I, you know, so it, it kind of shocked me because when you're preparing, and you know, this is the thing that we tell athletes now, is that you need to prepare for those things as well. So if you haven't prepared for those things and you've only prepared one-sided, which was what I did, you know, it kind of shocked me when I went for that trial and I was like, oh, wow, all these guys are almost on the same level. I now have to start thinking of something different to me. I love that. Well, and, and one of the things you talked about is the importance of, of doing that ahead of time, having that work and that foundation. And, and I think that's what something a lot of our listeners, we try to hit home with that maybe they're past their sports career right now, but they have to do the work on the mental side, especially before mm. those moments come, before those opportunities come, because just like sports, you don't show up on game day ready to go. You put in the work in the off season and practice and training, and, and we do the same in life. Exactly. Uh, especially, you know, when, when COVID hit and, and kind of the world went through that chaos, I would say, in quarantine, mm -hmm. a lot of people had already done the mental work to prepare to deal with dealing with the unknown, to deal with uncertainty and changes. And a lot of people didn't. And, and I think that was a wake up call for a lot of people of like, I just magically wish I had resilience and grit. And, and now they're <laughs> learning, okay, I don't have it right now, but I can start building it, which I think is a, a huge component. One of the other things we talk about a lot on this show that I would love to hear your perspective on is the importance of identity and, and shifting that identity. Because when you're all in on being an athlete, I know it, we a lot of times see ourselves as an athlete. And when that career ends, even if we're going to something like a sports law that we love and we're passionate mm -hmm. about, there's a loss. There's a sense of grief over losing it, but there's really a sense of just not kind of knowing who I am anymore. If I'm not an athlete, mm -hmm. how do I refer to myself? True. How did you handle that transition period? What are some things that, that really helped you to do that in a healthy manner? Because you obviously are thriving now, but I know there's still a, a shift that everyone kind of has to go through. Ah, yes, definitely. And, you know, there's, there's something with a lot of the professional athletes here, you know, and this, that's this um, has-been thing, you know, so you see them, you know, talk about them being professional, uh, former athletes, former professional athletes, former this, former that. You know, one of the things that helped me and which is something that I now try to pass across, you know, is the fact that you need to understand how the game works. You know, and for a lot of these athletes, if you understand how the game works, you're going to realize that you're not going to play sports for 40 years. 
you're not going to play sports for 50 years. You know, so at some point, it's going to come to an end. You know, so if you go into it knowing fully well that, hey, there's a time frame to this. You know, if I'm lucky, I'll play 20 years. If I'm lucky, I'll play 25 years. You know, so I always had this thing on the back of my mind, you know, that sports was always going to end. So when it got to that point where I got injured, you know, I, I, I had to go abroad for surgery. You know, I was out of the game for two years. You know, at the point where I came back for rehabilitation and, you know, I was going through that grueling process, you know, I had already start, I started playing it in my mind that, you know, maybe this is that end that I prepared for. So I think for me, it's the preparation behind it, you know, and not just basking in the moments that, hey, I'm an athlete, I'm getting paid a lot of money, I'm having fun, you know, and all of those things. How prepared are you for the different phases that you're going to go through? And it's the same thing, you know, with sports law as well. If anything changes, you know, am I really prepared to do something else? What would that something else be? You know, so for me, it was that preparedness. I love that. Well, and, and it's, I, I can sense a theme about the importance of preparation and, and doing the work either mentally, physically before those opportunities arrive, which is a message we all need. I'd love to shift gears slightly because your brand athlete maestro is all about peace of mind and freedom in sports, peace of mind, freedom and success in sports. And you don't always think about peace of mind when it comes to sports because we're constantly moving, we're competing, we're running. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as I was kind of looking at your work and, and prepping for this, it's unique because the great ones, they have this peace of mind on the field, not only because they've done the work prior, but in that moment, mm -hmm. they're not distracted by the stress and the fans and things like that. And so tell me what inspired you, one, to start the podcast and brand, but how you kind of started going down this route of, of helping others understand what sports can do for you in life. Uh, you know, so for, for me, you know, like I'm, I'm always open about my story and, you know, the journey that I've been through, you know, trying to play professional sports while I was in school, you know, then when I was done with school, having that law degree and all of that. You know, so what, what, what motivated me to start this was the process I had been through. And I had seen that, you know, for a lot of African athletes, they always get the process wrong. You know, so you just believe that magically because you have talent, it's going to happen. I'm going to get found you know, things are going to work out for me. But having gone through the process myself, I've seen that, hey, it takes a lot more to play sports professionally, you know. And, you know, if you're looking at the players that are abroad, so if you use the United States, for example, you know, there's an ecosystem that kind of allows certain things to happen that doesn't allow for those things to happen here. So there are some things that you need to put in place. And because of all these things that you don't know, that's the athletes now, you know, there's this, there's so many things going on in their mind such that when they go out to perform, you know, there is no peace of mind because they're thinking about one million things. You know, who is going to sign me? Who is watching me? What does my family think back home? What does the coach think about me? How am I going to execute? How am I going to score five? There are a million things going on in there. And one of the things that, you know, I tried to make them understand was that if you don't have that peace of mind going out to perform, it's a burden. And if it's a burden, why are you doing it in the first place? So I think that's what led me to starting this in terms of, helping those athletes find that peace of mind, find that freedom, which would then ultimately lead to the success out there. So basically using my experience as an example, then all the knowledge that I've gathered along the way, meeting great people like you, Jake, you know, and, you know, just, just paying it forward, basically. Well, and, and I love that, you know, when you visit your website, not only is the content on the podcast great, but you've got 
resources on there as well. Uh, you've got stuff for parents similar to, to what we have with the Raising Competitors. You have a five-day mm -hmm. free email course on building mental toughness that I know a lot of our audience members uh, would learn from and, and enjoy. But I'm curious, just as a fellow podcaster, <laughs> what's one lesson or interview that stood out to you? And, and what was the big takeaway that, that surprised you uh, in that moment? Ah, man, that's, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. So well, I was watching one of your videos on Instagram, you know, and I saw that you had um, Alan Stein Jr.'s book, yep. you know, as, as, as one of your backgrounds. And I'm not sure if you had him on your podcast, but I had him on the podcast. Yep. Um, I think that was either a year and a half ago, you know, or, or, or thereabouts, you know, and one of the questions that I asked him was about these elite players, you know, so having been surrounded like by the likes of Kevin Durant and some of all these big names and all those guys, you know, there, there's always a perception you know, especially in Africa or especially where I'm from, at least I can speak from uh, where I'm from that, you know, there's something special about these elite guys. You know, they do something different. Uh, uh, there's some magic attached to them and things like that. You know, so seeing someone now, you can speculate as much as you want in terms of what these guys do. If you haven't met someone who has been there, who has been in the trenches, who, you know, has surrounded these guys. You know, I mean, we see them on Instagram and things like that, but everybody knows that, you know, you put your best up on Instagram. Yep. What happens behind the scenes? And his answer in terms of how simple or how straightforward these guys are and the fact that they're not doing anything special. You know, they're not doing anything that you can't do. You know, because you think that, you know, you look at LeBron James, for example, and you think that, oh, things that LeBron does, I can't do that. Absolutely not. It does the most basic things, but the fact is that it does those basic things well. So I think off the top of my head, that's, that's the one that I'll say. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Alan's been on the compete podcast. Uh, I think actually right before his book launched. Uh, and then he has uh, been on our raising competitors podcast as well, talking about nice. parenting and coaching from the sidelines. So uh, Alan's got great content and, and you're right. You know, the best, uh, I it was interesting. I've been listening to the up and smoke podcast with um, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson of the NBA two retired basketball players. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten all these guys on and it's interesting hearing them talk about these guys. And then the other level that select players were, like Kobe Bryant, for instance. And, and one of the guys, and I'm going to blank on who they were just interviewing, but he talked mm. about how Kobe on a flight was at the back of the, of the plane. Everybody's asleep, and Kobe's back there drawing, and it's like 13, 14 different sets. And he's wow. like, what are you doing? He's like, oh. He's like, well, I'm drawing like where – the guys I think are going to be on the court during the, each of these sets. So I know who to get the ball to where I think they're going to be. Wow. And he was just like mind blown at the next level work Kobe's putting in on the back to back road trip on this flight. And so it's, it's work though, but any one of us has the opportunity to do that work. It's just how committed are we to getting there or, or how interested are we getting there? And if we're committed, sure. we'll do the work. If we're interested, we're not. Tola, man, this has been a ton of fun. Where can our listeners find out more about your work? Obviously, your podcast is on iTunes at Athlete Maestro, and we've got that linked in the show notes. But to connect with you further, where's the best place for them to go online? Our best place, I think, will be Instagram. So I'm at Tola Oglewe on Instagram, you know, and um, I think that's the best place to com com communicate with me, connect with me, send me messages, you know, find out anything you want to find out as it relates to what's going on on this side of the world. I love it. I love it, man. And we've got all of those links in the show notes so listeners can check it out. Please do us a favor. Check out his podcast on iTunes, especially you athletes and sports lovers. Uh, you're going to get some value out of it. Tola, man, thanks for hanging out on the show this week. 
Thank you so much for having me, Jake. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.